0: Hi everybody. This is Jeff Feingold, editor of New Hampshire Business Review, with our Down to Business podcast. This week we have on Russ Willette, who's an executive coach and CEO of Sojourn Partners in Bedford. Now Russ has was a long has been a longtime contributor to our publication over the years, is you know, lending his expertise to our readers and stuff. But I specifically have him on this time because uh, Amanda, Miss Amanda, our executive producer. An associate editor, or is it executive editor? No, whatever it is. Amanda <laughs> Andrews uh took part in a program that was led by Russ for the BIA called the Emerging Leaders Program. And it's it's kind of a it's really interesting, it's a very different kind of a leadership program. Excuse my my voice. Uh, but you no, know, Amanda was was thrilled with it. And uh I thought to have, have them both on today. Well, Amanda's here is by you know, hostage reason, but Russ is here to talk a little about it. First of all, Russ, welcome to the podcast. we great. Just love to have you on.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff and, and Amanda. It's great that you, it feels nice to be invited.
0: Yeah. I just wanted. to, what's the start of the emerging leaders program? It's been going on for a few years. How did it get going? And, you know, and why, you know, why, why did you think it was important to have?
1: Yeah. So I had been, I had mentioned uh, to um, Jim Roach, a few, you know, I had got on the executive board, and I had mentioned to him a few times that you know yeah, the former we, president uh, of the BIA, yeah, 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 and mentioned to him that uh, we were running these programs and uh, the value they were giving, and and for a couple of years he ignored me, and then on you know <laughs> and then on his annual our annual meeting, you know, he he kind of uh, took me aside and said, um, you know, the BIA is you know so important. And we need to make sure that we, you know, we'd love to get, you know, um, newer, newer leaders, future leaders involved more, and you know, making sure they're aware of the work the BIA is doing. And and so we sat down at the conference table and just kind of designed, um, you know, a program that would that would be, you know, very uh, purposeful for the BIA members and 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 member companies. And um, so that that's what it was. So, you know, it's really kind of a way of giving value to his member companies and also, um, you know, really, I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, I have my, my own agenda. I mean, the, 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 it's the number one concern of CEOs, and this is, there's many studies on this, the number one concern of CEOs is leadership. Where, where is the leadership coming from? And so, um, so that's, it, it, this is a great benefit to the, you know, to, to New Hampshire and to our communities and also these member companies. So that's kind of like how it started. And we, the first year was a little bit of an experiment. You know, we, we, we put it out there and we got really great response. And what we're seeing like 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 New Hampshire Business Review and other companies, they come back year after year and now they're sending multiple people, they're sending their teams, like send three or four people at a time to the program because, uh, so, so it's proven itself to be, you know yeah. really seen as, as valuable and helping these
0: companies. So, so what does it entail? What, what, how does it work? It's, it's you meet monthly for a period of time and how often do you do it? And Yeah. So um,
1: it's, it's, we, it, it's monthly, it's usually starts in September and ends like in March. Uh, it's a, it's a one day a month commitment uh, for the participants. Uh, everything's all mapped out and scheduled. And then we also provide uh one-on-one coaching to the can to the people, who participants like so they have like they uh, they can go deeper into what their concerns are and and their things that they want to work on so it's it's uh yeah so it's it's like six six months long with uh some one-on-one coaching yeah
0: so, yeah so amanda you know what do you how, how did you what did you uh how'd you approach this thing when i remember when i asked you if you wanted to do it i think you said sure like without thinking about <laughs> it, but 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 did you did you get out what you thought you were gonna get, or was it you know how how did you respond afterwards when you first first started taking these uh, going through the sessions?
2: I I had I didn't I honestly didn't know what to expect going in, but I am so glad that I did just because <clears throat> it was so useful, not just in a professional way, but there's a lot that you learn that you can apply to like your personal life and the people around you and I feel like everything that you learn is you can just bring to so many different aspects of your life which I think is important and I it's funny because I was kind of timid going into this and then now we all just they built up the confidence so much that now we all feel like we can go out there and like change the world you know what I mean Uh, (laughs) one company at a time but I think it has to do a lot with the people that were in my particular class they were really good and um, they were really open and honest with everybody else. And I think that that what you put into it is like what you get out. So if you open yourself up and you you're, you allow yourself to be vulnerable in these positions and actually be honest with yourself and, you know, talk about challenges that you have, it's it's very, very helpful in the long run. So I was thrilled to do it and very honored to be a part of it. And I've grown so much. Just learning and hearing everybody's stories, so it was definitely a very, 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 very positive experience.
0: What what, like? What, for example, what did you what did you learn that you that you're using for your personal life? What, like, what kind of skills or communicating with people? What 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 is it? So
2: there there was. I'm thinking most of the emotional intelligence piece that we we always talked about and. Even just learning the different leadership styles, um, whether you know you're more task focused or you're you're more of that that leadership or a free spirit, there it's just learning the different personality types and maybe how they are the way they are, and then how you can maybe work with your style to kind of make it work. So I feel like even just learning that and the emotional intelligence piece, you can kind of see how other people are and kind of I don't want to say like change yourself, but just understand more about where other people are coming from. So whether it's a challenge that you have with a friend or something, even and a part of it was learning how to have those tough conversations sometimes. You know, if you want to have a tough conversation with a supervisor or a manager or something, um, or with a friend that's difficult, you you learn how to come at it in a way that's productive. Um, and that it's not, you know, getting hot-headed or anything like that. So there was a lot that's applicable, and I feel like every exercise we did was super informative. And if it was hands-on, it was very eye-opening. So definitely go in with an open mind because you're going to learn a lot.
0: That's cool. So Russ, when when you put this together, did you? How did you? You you obviously were deliberate in coming up with these topics you were going to cover. Yeah. What what are some of these topics, and and what and what did what did you? What's, what's the uh, rationale behind?
1: Yeah. So the universe is filled with all kinds of content you can go off and look at. Right. And a lot of it can be very scientific and scholarly and you can almost get like, you know, so I've done a lot of graduate teaching. I've done, I've done a lot of programs with senior executives, with managers, like you know, when, when I boil it all down, it really comes down to a couple of things. And what I, the, our goal is to do is to do really to, to build confidence. There's a lot going on. We hear a lot about, you know, the social constructs, the things that are going on in our society where people don't, aren't stepping up and, you know, they're deciding to quiet quit or they're trying, you know, people are kind of like di- engaging differently at work. And what we want to do is really build the confidence around, uh, you know, companies are sending their best and they're sending their best people, the people that, that really are, you know, so I argue all classes are kind of filled with the same people, you know, um, Amanda, you know, like it's you had a great experience, but they're always good experience, but we want them to leave like feeling, wow, this is not so hard. Like, I already really know these things, right? We, we, so we kind of take the science and we make it really consumable. We make it really normalized for people. So, you know, and we don't do that with theory. What we do is Amanda has a challenge talking to you, Jeff, you know, you've been, you've been picking on it a little bit, right? How is she gonna approach you? How is she gonna manage you? And what she said is I want to have the awareness of the situation, not just look at it from my up through my own lens. I want to look at it through Jeff's lens. I want to look at it through the company lens, and then kind of, you know, how do I approach that? So normalize it, uh, customize it because everybody's a different there's there's many kind of leadership styles as there are people. We want people to embrace that they have their own style. We don't want people to get, you know, we want people to not define themselves as like i'm this personality i'm an introvert i'm an extrovert you know we want them to realize that it's really just you know leadership at its core sense is an intuitive process we all have the same approach i mean we all have the same thinking around you know what we want what our values are so i take all we take all this this kind of complex stuff and make it very consumable and and simple we give them tools that they can take right back to the workplace and dig in right away so Amanda, we gave you an assignment. You know, you, you go back, we want you to talk to your mentor. When want, I want ask, you know, we want you to do certain things, you, you, you take that back. We want you to go coach someone in the organization. You take that back. And then you come back and you say, wow, like this worked or this didn't work, or I need to adjust my approach that way. So by the time they leave, they develop, first of all, an awareness that, wow, leadership is not that difficult. I really, I have to really just be deliberate about it. I have to be. I have to use my own intuition. The same skills my parents taught me are applicable here, right? And don't let the you know whatever situations going on consume me. I have control of my personal power, and I you know. So it's all of these things that are put in place. We want them to leave feeling confident, feeling intuitive about their approach, right? And and actually like enjoy it because it really is pretty profound when you walk into a situation that might be difficult, you might not feel good about, and you actually can control it in a positive way, right? This is the, you know, these are the skills that they have to develop. And these are the skills that will will carry carry them on. Yeah. I hope that's
0: it's right. really interesting because when, when I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm thinking about how a lot of people, if not most people who, who end up in leadership positions aren't exactly they don't necessarily have the tools to be leaders. They just happen to be get, they're they're the ones who are in line to get the job. And that's how they become leaders. And they have to adapt as they, as they, you know, learn, learn the ropes as they, they, as they, as they, as they're on the job, on the job training. So have you ever had someone who's like, who's already in like a leadership post, take part in your program?
1: Yeah. In fact, I'll tell you the truth. I mean, we design these programs uniquely for every, you know, if it's a private company that hires us or whatever, we we do design them, but, but the, and the content is shaped differently depending on you know timing and depth and stuff we're trying to do. But I'm going to tell you that when we do private uh, programs, you know, right. They say, well, we want all our managers to go. And I say, well, what about the directors and the vice presidents? Oh no, we have a separate program for them. I'm like, but why? It's the same. It's the same thing. And so we encourage our companies to have like every everybody there in order to really kind of like, you know, take part and and get invested because the pro because the content. So I could go over um, emotional intelligence in detail. You know, I could do a whole course on emotional intelligence that you could walk through every detail and know everything about it. But really, there's three things you need to know. And if I can teach those three things, then they'll, they'll be able to execute on it. And I think what's, yeah. So people like, we think that, like, we, we think that we just had Tom, Tom Jokerst who's the general manager of Anheuser Bush speak to the co- class yesterday, last, yesterday was the closing course. And I don't, I don't prep this guy. I don't, I don't tell him what to say. We invite you know, him in cold. I say, the only thing I say is I want you to explain your leadership philosophy. And that this happens a hundred percent of the time. He gets, up, he gets up there and he starts telling us about his leadership philosophy. And he's saying exactly the same things that we taught in the program hmm. without being prompted, without formal training. And the reason is, is because there is a uniqueness to behavior. There's a uniqueness to approach. And he, yes, he learned how to give feedback and, and control his emotional intelligence. And he learned all these things on the job, right? Hmm. But, and, and he just, and that's why he floated to the top. So I don't have to script these people. It's like, it's so amazing. And usually like Christy and I will look at each other and say, look like, like slam dunk. Like he's saying he's, he's reinforcing exactly what we said with no formal training, but he floated to the top because, because he, 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 he's embraced these behaviors and uh, you know, and, and early on had some mentoring and, you know, it makes sense
0: yeah yeah no absolutely you know if, well yeah what well, he has a few thousand employees a couple thousand employees there in in merrimack at the brewery i mean he's yeah he's got a leadership role so. yeah, right yeah oh so it's like yeah. it's gonna be hard to do that's really cool Dave you know i'm thinking what well, something you said earlier about how you know it, yeah we, it's needed by uh, a lot of uh um Leaders of companies realize that's the biggest. Executives are saying the biggest need is is, is leaders, leaders coming through the ro- the ranks. And I'm thinking in New Hampshire that's got to be particularly, you no, know, necessary because you know we're one of the oldest states in, in the country. Yeah, and a lot of the people who are in the top positions are older people, you know, older, and they're aging out. Yeah. So is that is that something else? Is that is that another reason why there's so much interest in this? Do you think?
1: Well, yeah. So I just want to say it's it's not, uh, you know, there are great people that are forty years old that are in in, in, yeah. in an engineering role, that uh, that could advance the leadership, but never thought they could, hmm. right? So it's not necessarily a, an age driven thing. But yes, um, it's in and this this problem is in New Hampshire, but it's it's not just New Hampshire. It's like um, who's going to succeed who's going to take who's like all the executive roles are up for grabs. I mean, they're all up for grabs. I mean, when you look at the demographics of people retiring, like you said, like what's going to happen. There's not enough people that are ambitious enough or that really want to dig into the leadership stuff because of, you know, false premises. They've worked for bad leaders in the past. They're, they're, they're afraid it just means working 80 hours a week, like whatever's going on. And it's not that. And so, um, you know, I mean, um, I can't cite exactly the publication. There was a couple, I think it was, it was either, um, it was one of the big CPA firms that are, they do a study every year about it. And it, it still continually comes up. And I think HR, you know, SHRM and all those organizations, it's, it's, it is the number, it's the number one thing. It's also, um, you know, it, it, a lot of it is also like retention and these other problems, but, but, but who is going to take those leadership roles and do it elegantly? And, and just a, as a note, like leadership is different, uh, Jeff, than when you and I came up, mm. right? When you and I came up, we would put up with a lot of crap. We would, you know, the, you know, there was, you know, we worked for different reasons. Like we had different, uh, we had the same values, but we had different you know, priorities and different, there was only so many things that we could do. We had to do certain things. Mm. Today, people uh, want to be self-actualized and people want to have these better lives, right? And, and like like Amanda said, it's like it's not this this the skills that we teach you is not, are not only just good for you having a really productive, healthy, happy work life in a leadership role, but now you can lead your life better too. You have better, you know. I mean, we use I use these things with my kids. I mean, they they don't listen to me as much as they used to, but you know, <laughs> like you know, I so I could I could use I could use critical conversations with Charlie, my wife. Yeah, you know, I you know, or if I'm in, in a club or I'm in a board meeting or wherever I am, this stuff is totally translates to be just being a really good citizen and a really good corporate citizen.
0: Hmm. So, uh, you I have to say, I'm, I'm thinking about this in terms of, of so, I, I can think of some of my past uh, bosses, and I can think of my past mentors. And not all of them were my bosses, <laughs> right? Right, exactly. Had yeah. a couple who I, you know, who just sort of off the rails. But the others who were, and were, you know, just role models to me. And now I think about it, I'm, I want to ask you a question. I do you have in mind, like, what, what would be? Is there a person or persons who you can think of in real life who is like a an exemplary model of a, of a good leader? Oh, I yeah, I, I mean, I can. I mean, we all we all can. You know, I think of
1: um i think of Sil dupuy yeah right um mayor mayor of the city managed a law firm managed the hospital i mean this guy you know is hhs health commissioner yeah and and then i i call i cold call him when i want to meet him and he takes me to breakfast and he doesn't want to talk about himself he just he wants to talk he wants to know me like you know he's the right and uh to this day i'll call Phil and ask him advice and he's you know the, the thing you'll find is that most good leaders uh, they love to mentor people and and, and you know that really does you, you you know anybody calls you jeff and says listen i really want to get into publishing i'd really like to learn a little bit more about what you do you're not going to say no
0: yeah
1: you're going to you're going to go meet with them right and um and uh yeah so there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of really good examples of leadership and you know mike skelton who's leading this which the BIA now is a, a, to me, I've, I've got to, you know, see him work at the chamber in Manchester. I got to see, you know, he is, he is really outstanding as a, you know, uh, I think of, uh, you know, Tom Blonsky running Catholic charities. I think of, um, you know, the bank, the bank executives that we have that are really supportive, you know, uh, you know, we know, we know these people are, uh, they would not be successful unless they actually practice the stuff that we you know, that we're advocating for. And you made, a, you made a comment, Jeff, too, like we learn as much from those crappy leaders as we do from the good ones, right? Exactly. The fact that you recognize that were crappy is like something you're going to put, you're going to take note of and make sure you don't do, right? So. Yeah.
0: You're like screaming across a room at you or something. Yeah,
1: like that.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I also, th- I'm thinking of something else here. In terms of, you, you know, you mentioned a lot of names there and I did notice that this program, there there, was, there were a lot of women involved. But right now, you know, there still are not anywhere near as many women in leadership roles. Never mind uh, uh, people of uh, diverse backgrounds. That's that's another, that's another whole discussion. So, uh, Rusty, do you get do you get a sense that I mean, this 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 I, I noticed a lot of women who were in the class in 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 the program uh, when we went to the graduation, mm-hmm. and uh what I what I'm thinking of is that there still are not as many women in in the for-profit arena who are in you know the top leadership roles. Do you think that that's changing at all? I mean, it's still not anywhere near what it I think in terms of an uh, an equitable situation. but what what are you what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so I, I it's it's true and it's um, uh, you know, as much as we like to think that we're all, you know, you know everything's equal it's not of course yeah uh, but um the demographics are going to change that i mean it's almost like it's it's going to be forced there's more women graduating from college than there are men right there's there's uh again there's going to be a there's going to be a large shift in leadership in the next decade or so as people retire and and move out um There, it's just, you know, I think that as long as we keep pushing the, the, you know, this issue as, you know, making sure we do that. I mean, the the organizations I work with, I mean, DEI and, uh, you know, making sure that, you know, there's a level playing field is the priority. I mean, I work for really good companies. I don't just, you know, you know, I'm when we don't get calls from the bad companies, they don't want to hear from us. But the people that I see are really trying hard to do that. Um, You know, the boards that I've spend time on, you know, it's a priority to, you know, we are, you know, re- really work hard to do that. So, but I think demographics can change that for us. Um, I think, you know, we get to, we got to work on and the sociology is changing. Like, you know, my, my son spends time at home. He's not, he's going to be a child give, caregiver. I'm, I'm sure of it. You know, it's not, it, it, the norms are different. There's a lot of stuff that's changing, but um, I, you know, it is, it does, it, you know, the programs that we run, it's, it's usually, it's usually pretty even. And I don't, I, and I think it's, it, I think it's the demographics of the companies. Now we just want to make sure they're getting paid the same, you know, that we're doing that right. And that we're promoting yeah. that way. So I guess, I guess, I'm optimistic about it, but again, I'm not a woman, so I don't feel it, you know, like Amanda might. So.
2: No, I agree. <laughs>
0: Andy, <laughs> yeah. Any thoughts on that, Amanda?
2: Uh, no, I would just, I would echo anything, uh, everything that Russ just said. And you know, just based on off, off the class that we had, it was a really good mix. It wasn't, you know, heavy in one, one area or the other, but um, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, making and growing good leaders. And that's just going to fall to the best kind. So.
0: Cool. Hey, Russ, you know, we're on Zoom right now. So it makes me think, <laughs> do you have, have your, has your course content changed at all in the, in the remote work environment? Do you have to, adapt things or is it doesn't matter whether it's virtual or face-to-face
1: yeah so it, it, you know it's interesting you say that you know it's like when COVID happened i thought oh goodness gracious i did a spreadsheet of how long cash flow would last you know i wasn't sure what was going to happen because most of our stuff was live. Yeah. whether it was strategic planning with a bank or whatever it was we were always in the room you know but we quickly adapted to the zoom environment we were lucky that that you know um some of our partners were working on zoom already, you know, we knew how to do it. And um, so we we did is we took the, our methodology, which is we're very, it's, it's a very coactive approach to lots of hands-on work. We also have two facilitators in the room because we, you know, we, our dynamics of running these meetings is, you know, we know what works. Um, we d- adopted that online and, you know, I'll just tell you a quick story. I mean, we worked with this company, it was a high tech company out of New York and we worked with them for a year with their executive team like on zoom and we were doing taking them through some training and 360 and different things like that we never met them before we just met them all online but we got to know each other really well because we were coaching them and doing all that (laughs) stuff we all they flew to Portsmouth for a meeting because some of their offices were in Portsmouth uh I walked in the room and it was like oh my god the energy was just like amazing like you could feel the (laughs) like you could feel the connection with people it was just so different it was just so like beautiful it's like Oh my, like, you know, yeah. it was, uh, so it, it's got to be diff- different, Jeff, right? But what we yes. try to do when we do those programs that way is we try to make them as interactive. We do breakout rooms and we do all that stuff. But, you know, I think I think we can accomplish the same thing, but you do, I think you do lose something in translation when you're not physically together. But that's that's just my opinion. Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, before we go, I just want to ask one other question. And it's about, you had goals when you set this program up. Could you, talk, could you talk a little bit about what those goals were and, and how ha- and, and how they've been met? Yeah, so
1: um, we try to make this as consumable as possible and interactive as possible, and we want it based on real life experiences. We do not do hypotheticals. Like we don't say, here's a case study. This is hypothetical. We don't do that. We say, what's going on for you and how, how do you want to work on that for you, right? And, and making sure that it's real and, and they understand it. Our... My primary goal, and I always say at the beginning of the program, my goal, my primary goal is to build confidence. I want you to feel confident. That That's the primary, that's the primary goal. I want it normalized. I want you to see that this, you already know this stuff. It's just putting it in a context and having you practice it and think about it. And as Amanda said, be aware. Um, I want people to drop any self-talk they have. Oh, I'm an introvert. So therefore I can't give presentations or I'm an extrovert. So I can't, you know, that's all self-talk. It doesn't matter. There's as many styles of leadership as there is people, and you know you gotta like let go of that. Uh, I want them to understand the intuitive value, and I want to build a little ambition. Those those are kind of like my primary goals. Uh, also, I want them to I want them to see the value of community. Uh, you know, man, like working with those people, like that's like a joy, right? Like it, you and you see other people, right? Yeah.
2: And it I was, want to, mm-hmm. I was just gonna say it's um, and wh- everything you're saying is. At least, in my opinion, um, you've definitely succeeded in the program because I I feel after the the six months or so, like I could I'm I'm game for anything. I I would feel comfortable in any oh. type of situation.
1: <laughs> so. I'm now. Right, yeah. <laughs> Here it comes. You got to throw in those situations.
2: So yeah yeah. To your point though, it it definitely the goal is met, and I think it's just because of you know being together in that group and learning from each other is. Huge, and knowing that we're working on our real world problems, it just solidifies, you know, how important it is, and how, you know, it's it's very worthwhile to take part in something like this.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, I I want to thank you, Russ, and Amanda for talking about the, the BAA Emerging Leaders Program. It's really a great idea. I mean, it's it's obviously not just an idea; it's a great program. It's going to be another one next year, right, Russ? I mean, I assume. Yeah, okay. it, you know, it, it's uh we've had good
1: turnout for these. Um, um I'm looking, you know, um we're going to have plenty of room for people. I think we're going to expand, we're going to try to expand a little bit, but uh that's up to the committee and and Michael, but um yeah, we're you know, it's uh, we'll probably start um letting people know about the dates and such before the summer. Okay, we start informing people about it around uh, the end of July. Okay, uh, great. Starts in September, yeah.
0: Great, excellent, excellent. I also didn't want to forget to mention the CEO and Family Enterprise Center, which is also uh, helping to present this, I believe. We had uh, Michelin on the other day, and she was talking about this, wasn't she? Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So I wanted to make sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's a good example of organizations, you know, collaborating together on stuff, yeah. and that's the beauty of New Hampshire. You know, we can, we're all in this. We all
0: have the same kind of goals, and we're all trying to do the same thing. So, yep. yeah, that's what right. that was. That, that's really the point of it. It's really a really good point. Anyway, well, Russ Willett of Sojourn Partners, thanks again for joining us, and Amanda, thank you, and uh, be well, everybody.